welcome to episode 184 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Neumeyer. Greetings, listeners. For the podcast this week, we'll be chatting about Facebook's so-called censorship tool, which features largely in its attempts to get back into China. So Facebook has not been allowed to compete for the Chinese market, and of course, Facebook, with 1.7 billion users and uh, quite a, uh, a few investors, is interested in continuing to grow so that it can continue to domi dominate the social media space. Of course, in order to do that in China, they need to play by the rules of China, which are vastly different from the rules of the United States and other countries where Facebook has such a stronghold. So is this a pragmatic view from Facebook uh, going into China and, you know, being part of that environment, even if uh, they can't fully operate? Is Mark Zuckerberg trying to have his cake and eat it, too? I'm not sure. But uh, according to Mr. Zuckerberg, some access to Facebook is better than none. Of course, the Chinese government is is worried that. Uh, all sorts of things will surface on Facebook and go viral. For instance, uh, there are documentaries about pollution in China that maybe the Chinese government would be a little bit sensitive to. And these are the sorts of things that once they're out there on Facebook uh, in a Chinese instantiation of Facebook, you know, it could be hard to uh, uh, close the door once the, the horse has come out of the barn. So Facebook is is faced with this this dilemma. Do they uh, provide the uh, Chinese government or or a partner Chinese company with with a a software tool to prevent uh, certain news from uh, surfacing on its platform? And, and I think the the answer is in order to play in China, uh, that answer has to be yes. Dirk. There's so much to talk about here. Um, it's, 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 it hurts my head. I don't think we have enough time. Um, where to start? So, you know, Mark's contention that um, some Facebook is better than no Facebook, um, that's really naughty, right? Um, I mean, I've, as I've grown older and thought about the world a lot from a philosophical perspective, um, I've thought about these things in different contexts. And I'm, I'm, I'm less convinced than ever that there's such a thing as truth or objective truth, right? That it's it's all perceptual. It's all just um, I am a specific person with very uniquely specific context. You are a person with uniquely specific context, and the reality is a, a consequence of that context and of who and where we are. So um, the, the, the point that I want to make with that is um, I've, I've taken that to also then think about what is lying, right? Because if you say there's no truth, lying becomes an interesting concept as well. And um, a lot of the, quote, the things that are quote-unquote lying are what we would say is lying by omission, right? So, um, you know, I know, I mean, what's a, what's a good example? Um, uh, obviously not a real one, but I know that I robbed a bank and I don't tell my wife, right? Most people will say, oh, you were lying. You didn't say you robbed a bank. Well, no, I, um, I made a choice not to include that information in the things that I said. Um, what, what Mark is saying is, hey, you know, some of the things out there is okay, even though there are some things that have been omitted basically and are not 
um, are not available. And I think it depends on what you think about lying and think about the question of, you know, as, as a person, John, as, as you and I talk, as we have lunch, we had lunch together today, during that lunch, I'm going to choose to tell you about certain things and, and choose to not tell you about other things. Most of the things I don't tell you about, I've made some editorial decision because I think it's not relevant. You won't be interested in it. You don't need to hear it. There are some things that perhaps I made a choice not to say because I would be embarrassed or I think you would think badly of me. Um, there's lots of sort of decision points that get me to these are the things that actually came out of my mouth while we were having lunch. And, you know, historically, and, and um, yeah, so so historically. Now you got me wondering. What you've been <laughs> I know, I know, lunch. right? Exactly. You're, you're, exactly. You know, some Dirk is better than, than no Dirk. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. And, and, and so, you know, historically, like, it's almost just a gut check thing. Like, when I say, hey, I didn't tell my wife that I robbed the bank, somebody says, oh, Jesus, I mean, that's a lie. But on the other hand, if I say, yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell my wife that um, I put ketchup on my hot dog, nobody's going to consider that a lie, right? Yet they're the, really the same thing. They're me making some editorial choice of what I think is relevant to the other person or not. Um, it, from my perspective, um, from my perspective, it's all lying in the way that we understand, in the way that we use lying as a filter for um, editing. Right, but there are some that are socially acceptable and some that are not. But it's total gut check, right? It's total lick your finger and put it in the air and 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 whatever uh, way you feel that the wind is is blowing. This is very roundabout, but now bringing it to to Mark Zuckerberg's contention, I mean, you know, he's saying, hey, having the platform there and having some amount of information that a big brother of some kind is restricting people from seeing. Like that, um, I'm, I'm sure for many of us with more liberal sensibilities, that's going to, you know, get get our um, get us sort of upset. Um, it's it, it it sort of flies against what we've been taught and and what we believe. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't I don't think it's. Um, I, I may not like it. I may wish the world wasn't that way. But. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal in reality because there's editing going on all over the place and we're mad because it's some apparatus of the Chinese government as opposed to um, it's just Bob on Facebook who happened to put this thing up or, or that thing up. Like, I, I get why people are conceptually upset by it, but I think it's really sort of philosophical, idealistic as opposed to um, practical. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that's a very you know interesting point there, and I, I can definitely see how uh, Mark Zuckerberg would would like to have uh, you know Facebook present in China because it does give uh, you know the Chinese a platform for communication, even if uh, you know not all the news that we consume here in the West uh, is you know is available to them or you know whatever that that slice of news may be. Uh, it's interesting because over the past, uh, you know, year or so, we've really been exposed to a lot of different perspectives on, you know, what is news anyway. Uh, and Facebook's just been embroiled in the in the sort of the, the quote, fake news um, uh, controversy, uh, you know, which is which is more or less uh, sort of propaganda slash. Uh, I, I don't know, like like the dark side of the onion, right? Like no one believes that the uh, <laughs> the onions headlines are real, do they? Um, 
at, at, at any rate, there, there's a lot of uh, questions about the news we consume and uh, our perspective on it just because uh, the Internet does allow you to consume whatever news it is that 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 you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's been some commentary that, you know, the the fake news was instrumental in, in helping uh, President elect Trump you know, get elected because, you know, it created all this uh, uh, uncertainty and doubt around uh, uh, Hillary's um, honesty, right? Even if you knew the headline you were reading was, you know, uh, not real, it made you think about, you know, what is she hiding there? Which which I guess is is core to this argument. Um, you know, with, with the internet, we are subjected to uh, a lot of things that, frankly, we would rather not know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's interesting if if you think about uh, the '80s uh, when we were uh, in in a much more limited bandwidth media environment. Uh, we effectively had uh, call it censorship, but it was by you know large media companies that were spoon feeding us That's the right. message that they wanted us That's to consume. So, so we had three channels on TV or whatever. Um, and then suddenly you realize that the story is much larger. In fact, the story is um, a lot more prickly than you would like it to be. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of people doing sort of awful stuff that you would rather <laughs> rather not know about. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of what the Internet is. So so I don't know if we're if if we're looking for something for the benefit of, of the Chinese people to know that there's, you know, all this uh, uh, additional mess that that they don't know about yet. At the same time, if 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 their uh, rivers or air or uh, land is getting polluted, I'm sure, you know, uh, maybe the Chinese government's not uh, really interested in having people know about that, but I sure as hell would want to know that if that was in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's it's tricky there. Um, ultimately, I I do think it's it's more correct to allow more information through, but I can't say that I am particularly pleased with the volume of information that we get from the internet, the quality of information that we get, and 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 what I've you know, sort of learned online, there's been both good things and really rotten things. Uh, so, so it's a mixed bag at best. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And, and it comes to one of the real sort of pillars of, of this whole thing is we're getting this mixed bag at best of information because there's individuals and companies that are incentivized to send us whatever will make them the most money, right? I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, so much comes down to capitalism, right? And and with Facebook, with this example, the whole reason that Facebook exists, whether we like it or not, and I'll say I don't like it. I'm anti-capitalist big time. But the, but the reality is the reason Facebook exists is to maximize shareholder value. In the context of maximizing shareholder value, there's no question what they should be doing. They should be trying to get into the Chinese market monetizing that market and making more money for the people who own those shares of stock. Do I wish the world was not that way? I do. Is the world that way? It is. As such, Facebook going to Facebook. If you have a problem, it's at the level of capitalism. It shouldn't be at the level of Facebook. Facebook is just participating in this broken freaking system. The other sort of um, big pillar to look at from, from the standpoint of Facebook in China is the notion of national um, sovereignty and national governments. We, 
liberal United States may not believe in the censorship, in the things that are going on in China. That may offend our sensibilities, but China is a sovereign nation. And unless we're gonna send in the troops and the bombs, and, and, and it's so important that everyone have the access, that we're going to conquer that nation, we have to respect what's, what's happening there to, to some degree. Um, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of things happening that, that don't make me happy, that I wish we were in utopia. I wish I could go there and wave my finger and have it go away, but it doesn't work that way. We're in a, a global environment with different nations, each of which have different beliefs. I think a lot of the Chinese beliefs are wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but maybe I'm wrong. They're a nation. They can make their own decisions and rules and, and set that stuff up. And look, I mean, do we want to be the policemen of the world or not? Um, I mean, now we're really getting into, I'm talking about the United States here, we're really getting into sort of a, a bigger swath of things, but it creates untold issues when we try and go in benevolently and impose our will, impose our values, impose our rule over other people, other, other nations. Um, so to me, this is all a, a big to-do about nothing. It's it's funny, I'm so liberal, and I'm always hammering liberals, but it's true. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's all of this liberal angst um, for, for things that we shouldn't be angsty about. If we're angsty about anything, it should be freaking capitalism, right? If we're angsty about anything, it should be that there's not a one-world government that is um, that is driven by uh, liberal principles and, and holistic long-reaching thinking. Like, those are the things to be mad about. But the fact that some company is working within the system, in the rules of the system, the way it's set up, and engaging with a, a sovereign nation in, in ways that are, I mean, make me feel a little bit icky, but it's just the frickin' system. If you hate the system, let's attack the system. But for all the liberals to be up in arms about Facebook and you know standing on their, their soapboxes, I don't have much respect for it, to be honest. Yeah, it will, it will be very interesting to see how this plays out over, uh, you know, the next couple uh, weeks and months. Certainly, uh, there's an opportunity there for Facebook, uh, much like other companies that have tried before, though. There's no guarantee that they'll actually be able to make any of this work, uh, especially since they're going to have to uh, work with an entity that's trusted by the Chinese government uh, the the opportunity is there for Facebook, uh, but let's uh, let's see if they can actually execute. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we are mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dneemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thank you so much for listening. So that's it for episode 184 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>